Siyatu Dishmaya, Parshas Vayetzei. We're back in Eretz Yisrael, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Okay, so we're all familiar with the story this week. We're all familiar with this week's story. We know that Yaakov loved Rachel very, very much, and he wanted to marry her. And um, Lauren convinces him to work for a few, uh, short amount of time. After seven years of work, finally, he figures he's going to get his wife. His wife that he's worked so hard for, he's going to get her. Lo and behold, the Torah tells us very, very clearly, it's Leah. Chazal tells us a very interesting statement. Chazal say, Chayiv Odom Loima, that every single person is obligated to say, when are my deeds going to be similar to the deeds of Avram, Yitzchak and Yaakov? And the question is, come on, seriously? Avram, Yitzchak and Yaakov? You go to the parish and these are tzaddikim, these are ka'inei olam, these people have no shaykhs to us. What does it mean? But yet Chazal tell us that we, every single one of us, have to say to ourselves, when are our maisim going to reach the maisim of Avram, Yitzchak and Yaakov? And I think there's a message in this week's parasha which I think talks directly to that. Which I believe that Be'ez HaShem, if we implement this in our lives, then it will very much change our relationships with many, many people that we deal with along our lives. Robosa, just imagine the scene. You got married, Baruch HaShem. Ah, your wife's excited, you're going to go out to work, you're going to find a job, you're going to bring a paycheck back to the home. You look for a job. You finally find that job. You go in, go to work day in, day out. Go to the office, nine to five. You say goodbye to your wife every morning. You come back in the evening. Ah! And you're all excited for the first paycheck. The very first paycheck you're going to bring home. You're going to show your wife. Look, this is our, you know, like a picture of it. You show your grandchildren. This was your first paycheck. It's very exciting. And after the first month, your boss says, listen, time's a little bit hard. Difficult situation. Give me a bit of time. Oh, sure, no problem. You come back after the month and you tell your wife, yeah, don't worry, it's coming. He just told me he's going through a little bit of a difficult stage. We'll get there. She says, it's okay. Comes a couple of weeks into it, you're like itching, no. Comes the next month, nothing. Can you imagine? And then a third, and then a fourth, and then a sixth. The wife is going crazy. You're going crazy. How are you paying the bills? What's going on? Rabbi Sai, Yaakov did this for seven years. For seven years he's waiting to work hard for the girl of his dreams. Doesn't come. Not only does he not get what he's meant to get, he gets a different wife. And you know what's very interesting? I think it's amazing. When you look at the Torah, you expect to find Yaakov going with Shigar. Could you imagine? Tell us to his father-in-law. And say, are you, what are you doing to me? And he has every right to do that. I worked seven years. This is what you give me. But what does the Torah say? The Torah says something unbelievable. The Torah says something unbelievable. He wakes up the next morning. It's Leah. This is not the right girl. Seven years I waited for this. Not a few months. Seven years. What does the Torah say? He says to Lovon. What did you do to me? Why did you trick me? The Torah has no problem telling us in a couple of psukim later by Yichar Yaakov, Yaakov went mishiga, Yaakov got angry, Yaakov went crazy and had every right to do so. But over here, and there was a cheshman why later on the Torah says he got angry. 
Because it was Benadu Lamokim, Chil Hashem, we're not going into that. But over here, why should he go crazy? Why should he go? He acted in a way which was Lamalam and Atatah, something unbelievable. Someone does something to you, and you have every right to answer back. You have every right to respond. And what does the Torah say? He, he talks to Lavan as if, as if, like, big deal. I only worked for seven years of my life for the wrong girl. What restraint, what self-restraint that required. And that's an incredible lesson. And I think that's a lesson that every single one of us can learn in our own lives. And we'll be able to answer that question. When can we reach our Avram, Yitzchak and Yaakov? The self-restraint that Yaakov needed to not go crazy when he had every right to do so was incredible. I also want to tell you a medrash. There's a medrash in Hagdoma to Megillas Eicha. It's a famous medrash, but I think it applies to us in an incredible way. The medrash tells us as follows. The first Beisam Migdosh was about to be destroyed. The Neshama of Avram, Yitzchak and Yaakov pleads with the Kisa Yaakovid and says, Rabbi Shalom, on behalf of Klal Yisrael, save the Beis HaMikdash. Don't destroy it. Didn't work. The Rabbi Shalom said, no, nothing doing. Until, as the Medrash points out, came along Rachel. And Rachel said, Rabbi Shalom, you know that Yaakov Avinu worked for seven hard years to marry me. And my father convinced and tricked Leah into marrying him, and I was desperate. I was desperate, says the Medrash, that Leah was, Rachel was saying I was desperate to go and tell Yaakov what was happening, but I couldn't tell him, I couldn't bear to see my sister humiliated in such pain, so I gave her the sim on him. I gave her the secret, so that Yaakov would have no idea who it was under the chuppah. Says the Medrash, she asked the Rabboni Shalom, Dear God, you saw, you saw how I gave up everything. I overcame my natural ist- instincts. Don't forsake your children. And the Medrash says that because of that, the Rabbanishim says to Rachel, don't worry, your efforts will bear fruits and Klal Yisrael will one day return. Rachel's sensitivity to somebody else, her display, her discipline, her self-restraint, when she had every right to say something and she said, no, I'm not doing it even though I'm right, was something to be admired, was something to be copied. She gave up to be the mother of Klalisol, the mother of the nation. But no, even if she's right, I'm going to go and exercise self-restraint, which is such an incredible, incredible thing. How many times do we get hurt by people? How many times do people say things to us and it really bothers us? It, it really boils our blood. And we just need to get that last statement in. We got, we got, we're right, right? We've got to make sure they know that we're right. But that's what it's all about. We've got to give that last shtech, that last, we've got to knack away to make sure he knows that I'm, I'm right. And you know what? Maybe you are. Maybe you are right. But look at the sensitivity. Look at the self-restraint of Yaakov, of Rochel. Seven years of work, Rabbi Sai. We're not talking about someone that took away your schnitzel for supper. No, you'll get past it, Rabbi Sai. There'll be orange juice for breakfast tomorrow morning. You'll figure it out. Seven years she worked. He worked. Seven year after year waiting for one thing. Does he go crazy? No. Did he have a right to go crazy? Oh yeah. It's not about being right. It's not about being the stronger one. It's not about beating somebody else. 
It's about showing self-restraint. That's what Yaakov Avinu teaches us. And Yerachel's sensitivity and her silence it was the reason that Kalal Yisrael will one day come back here to Eretz Yisrael because of Rachel. It's a moment like this that the Rabbi Shalom looks down and the Rabbi Shalom looks from Shamayim and he sees our reaction to so many situations in the world. So many things that happen. The Rabbi Shalom looks at us and says, Ah, my dear children, this is how they react. This is incredible. Moshe Aaron stands at Sal, Meshkech of Kamenetz Yeshiva, once said over the Meister that he was staying in a couple's house. And he was in the next room. The couple were there. And he hears the argument. Oh boy, was it an argument. Words were flying. So he takes out his tape recorder, the old-fashioned tape recorder, and he presses record. And he records the whole conversation. Eventually it finishes. Everyone goes to sleep. It's silence. The next morning he says to the couple, Wow. What a conversation that was. What happened over there? Like, well, somebody burnt the soup. Like, well, what exactly went up? They're like, I don't know. We, we don't know what you're talking about. Ah, you don't know what I'm talking about. Took out his recorder and he pressed play. And boy, oh boy, were they embarrassed. Boy, oh boy, the words that were flying all of a sudden hit them like a ton of bricks. So often we're in the moment. We're in the thick of it. I'm so upset. I'm so angry. Look what he did to me. He stepped on my toe. I've got to give him back. I've got to give him a piece of my mind. How can he a chutzpah? How can he do this to me? No. That's not what it's all about. Self-restraint. Because everything you say, by the way, is going to be recorded. And it's going to be played back to you. Oh boy, that's going to be embarrassing. Every little thing. It's very interesting because Chazal call us a medaber. It's enough to mean between a human being and a malach. We call them medaber. We speak. Human beings have the koyach of diva, the koyach of speech, which is an incredible gift that the Rabbi Shem gave us. But yet, the Mishnah Perkiyava says, talks about Rabbi Shimon growing up, and he says, The best thing for the guf, for the guf, is silence. I, we're a madabe. We're a madabe, we speak. Human beings speak. The answer is, it depends how you use that wonderful gift. It depends how you use that speech. The Ramban writes in the Gerasa Ramban, there's a way of speaking. True, you might be in the right. You might have every right to shout back at him, to give that little shtech. But look at, look at, look at Yaakov. Vayoyma el lovan. That's an incredible, incredible thing. It's not about being the winner. It's not about winning. It's not about being on top. It's about training yourself. Having the self-constraint, but without winning. The bells of Rebbe, Maridikamais had a room where many people used to gather over there to get brachas from the Belzer Rebbe. And how it worked was the room was only so big and there were many, many people waiting for brachas. So there'd be lines and lines and the Gabbai would stand by the door. He'd open the door. He'd allow inside 10, 15, 20 people inside the room. One by one they would go to the Rebbe. They'd go out the other direction, the other door, the exit and then the Gabbai would let in more people. One particular time one guy was desperate. He was online. He was desperate to get into the Rebbe. And just as the Gabi closed it, he shoved his way in. And he managed to get in. And the Rebbe watched. And he saw this from the corner of his eye. And he waited online. And as he got closer and closer, and it almost was his turn, the Rebbe said to him, go back to the beginning of the line. He's like, oh, I just, can you imagine? I just got here. Finally, I got in. I finally got closer. He went all the way back. 
few minutes later, the, the Gabbai calls him and says, the Rebbe wants you. He comes in and he didn't understand. First you sent me to the back of the line, you know, I understand, I did something wrong, but now you call me back. And the Rebbe said, listen, I need to teach you a lesson. You did something wrong, you shoved your way and you shouldn't have done, that wasn't nice. But I don't always have to be right. So the Belzer Rebbe said, it's not always about being right. It's not always about getting your way and saying what you have to say. The self-constraint is something that we have to work on. And there's no one bigger than this. Then the altar of Slabodka, the altar of Slabodka, the residency Finkel was known, was known to have such self-constraint, it was incredible. He had a son, Ramosha. His son was a Goin Olam, who was going to be one of the Gedoyla Ador without a Shaila. And it was on Cholamoid Sukkos that his son left the world. And he was Nifta. And the altar of Slabodka, you can imagine, broken man, he lost his son, this was going to be the future God of Lador, this was everything to him. But it was Cholamoid. And Cholamoid, there's no Avelis. They did the Levaya. Just as they left the house, the Talmidim heard a little bit of a, a whimper, then he com- got his composure again, and he continued. Throughout the whole rest of Yontif, the whole rest of Yontif, you didn't notice, and the difference you didn't notice. He went through the entire Yontif without noticing anything was different to him, that he had lost someone like he did, until Motsi Yontif. Motsi Yontif, he broke down, and he sobbed, and he sobbed, and he sobbed, uncontrollably. They called the ambulance because they, they feared for his health. It was so bad. But he was able to control himself. That self-control was incredible. The self-control that he displayed was something unbelievable. I'll tell you one last Misa. There was a Yid here in Yerushalayim, and the Yid in Yerushalayim was having to make a wedding. It was very, very difficult. He had no one to turn to. He had a penny to his name. He had no idea what to do. And his wife kept pushing him, pushing him. Go collecting, go collecting. He's ah, collecting. What do I do about collecting? What am I going to get? A few bucks. What's the big deal? He says, okay, I'm going to do it. And he makes a deal with the bank that hopefully he's going to collect money and he's going to take $10,000 and he'll hopefully get it back, but he'll figure it out. Mitzvah He makes a date of how many he has to pay it back. He goes collecting. He comes back one Erev Shabbos. And it was just a few days before he had to pay back the debt of the $10,000 that he took from the bank. And his wife turned to him and said, No, you made some money? Uh, he was embarrassed, but he said, No. And I didn't manage to make anything. And oh boy, did she hit the roof. She started screaming. The kids were there. They'd never seen this before. They'd never seen their mother acting in this way. They've never seen such a thing. She was normally so composed, normally so calm. You can understand the stress of making a chasna special when there's no money. She went to Shiga. He stood there. He didn't say a word. He didn't answer. He didn't say a word. He put his head down. It was Arab Shabbos. He was waiting to go to have a shower, prepare for Shabbos. He took all the insults, all the complaints, took it, went to have a shower, went to prepare for Shabbos. The whole Shabbos, his wife wasn't screaming in that way, but she made sure he remembered his place. On Sunday morning, he went to Zuch and Moshe. Over here. And he went, he figured, you know, I've got to do some Mishdalas. I can't come back to my house again. Who knows what's going to be waiting me then? And he goes collecting. And he sees in one of the Shtibloch, there's a very, very put together, seemingly very, very wealthy man. A fancy suit, fancy jewelry, nice watch. He's walking around there. People are walking over to him to get money. And he's watching that. This guy's giving out, you know, two shekel to that guy, five shekel to that guy. So he figures, what's the big deal? I'm going to go over to him. So he goes over. Right? Puts out his hand. The guy gives two shekels. He says, thank you very much. And he walks away. The guy says, sorry, what did you say? 
He said, I'm thanking you for what you gave me. He says, tell me your story. And he starts to tell him and the bank and his wife and this and that and the other. And he pulls out a check and he writes a check for $10,000. This man said he found afterwards the Shlach Kodesh. The Shlach Kodesh writes, Toiches Musa. He says, Machloikes achas doiche mea panosis. That if a person is makabal something, the schar, the reward, the siyata deshmaya that you get, is it hard? Sure it's hard. It's hard when someone does something wrong to you. And you feel that you're right and I've got to be right and I've got to show everyone else that I'm right. But Rabbi Isai, let's learn from this week's parasha. Let's look into our own deeds and say, when do we read Yaakov Avinu? And we see it from this week's parasha. Vayoyme el Lovon. He said to Lovon, it's not about being right. It's about being correct. Have a wonderful night.